خلصها حلوه قوي وادي توماس بارتي يلعب العرضيه والتسديده يا ولد يا ولد يا ولد يا ولد يا ولد يا ولد على الهدف الرائع هنا في هذه اللقطه ساول 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 يسجل الهدف القاتل في هذه اللقطه لكن ضغط حلو قوي توماس بارتي سيميوني هنا في هذه اللقطه والمعدل اللياقي الاعلى لدى اتلتيكو مدريد الضغط يولد الاخطاء ولو بتيجي هنا في هذه اللقطه الصعبه جدا لان ساول يسجل لاتلتيكو مدريد في Welcome to episode something it's week 2 of the Premier League and week 1 of all other significant European leagues as well sorry France and Germany there uh, today we begin with previewing our big matches for the weekend Sari versus Emre is the big one does anyone uh, even know what they're doing does anyone know if you know what they know what they're doing I don't even think they know what they're doing so um, but yes we'll uh, we'll be covering that we'll also be covering Europe for the first time uh, the European Super Cup is in Africa the La Liga in the States what's it all coming to and where are we all going and Dave wants to talk about Pep Guardiola's shoes for some reason as well. All this, plus Tottenham's continual stadium woes, a record-breaking European comeback, and we put together our very first books versus non-books side, a feature inspired by Martin Keown's wonderful comments during the World Cup. It's Born Offside. Welcome to Born Offside. Uh, we are here and uh, Dave, you're here as well. I'm here. And good, I'm glad you're here. Is anyone else uh, around? Is anyone else here with us, the two of us? I mean, the, the missus and the dog are, are here in the other room, but they're okay. not going to participate, I don't think. No? Well, that's, well, I mean, they could, I guess, if it was a, a pleasant surprise, maybe halfway through. He starts gnawing away on your shoes or something. That might be interesting. Um, but, uh, but okay, no, if, uh, if he's not going to be doing that, do give us a warning if he does. Uh, we are, uh, we've got a fun, full packed uh, podcast today uh, in anticipation of week two of the Premier League. This is, uh, it's going to be a wonderful one. We've got, we'll, let's, we'll, let's go straight into it. I think we've got some, uh, some great matches Saturday, Sunday and Monday. We've got Crystal Palace versus Liverpool as well. So we'll look quickly at that, but start uh, no in uh, no other sort of area or place, I think, than Chelsea versus Arsenal. That's got to be the big one on Saturday afternoon. Uh, what are we looking at here? What do you reckon, Dave? This is well, it. I, th I think we're all looking at the manager's bench, aren't we? Because it's like this fixture. I know it wasn't last year because uh, Jose's moved on, but traditionally this fixture is Wenger versus Mourinho. And today or tomorrow or whenever this game is, depending on when you're listening, it's going to be some bloke called Sari and some bloke called Emery. <laughs> like it's weird, isn't it? Weird. Can we get Wenger and Jose to sit in the stand and watch or something? I don't know. Like, yeah, I just think maybe they can hold hands or something. That might be, uh, yeah, that might be quite interesting. Do you think um, they still hate each other? I mean, they definitely, definitely didn't like each other. In, but in that sense of Jose was always winding Wenger up, wasn't he? He's always like, <laughs> he, he, he is a specialist in failure. Like, it's just so <laughs> mean. 
mate it was uh, it was uh, yeah I, I loved it absolutely loved it i mean you did feel a little bit for wenger right because he's not one normally to 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 go for it we've seen him lose it uh, uh on, a, on a couple of occasions with uh, uh with ferguson obviously you know when they had years and years and years of fighting against each other uh um uh, two decades ago even but i mean it's uh, it's just it's just crazy i mean uh, now we've got two completely new uh, managers in here. We've got uh, um, Emre Chan. Uh, uh, no, we don't. No, no uh, he went to Juventus. We got, he's got to, another one has gone to Juventus. Uh, we've got Unai Emre, obviously, uh, versus uh, versus Chelsea here. I mean, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I really am because, uh, of course, Arsenal got off on the wrong foot. Well, got off on the wrong foot. They couldn't really get off on any foot. They didn't have much of a chance, did they? Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, uh, uh, they'll be looking to, to make their mark against Chelsea. And um, it's, yeah. While we are Fuck. looking at the bench, we do have in Maurizio Sarri a very interesting new addition to the Premier League. Uh, he's a man who, just for starters, clearly wears a T-shirt several sizes too big for him. <laughs> like... He is swallowed up by that thing. Also, a man who apparently chews cigarette butts. Like, that's his thing. It, 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 it's, it's very strange, isn't it? I mean, I kind of... I kind of like it, actually. I think <laughs> just pull back to the pull back to the seventies, you know, sixties and seventies, where you got all your managers in the dugout. And I mean, does he actually smoke when he's on the training ground? He must do, right? Because apparently he smokes eighty a day. I don't know if there's much substance to that, but eighty a day—that's two big forty-a-day packs type thing, isn't it? So, do you uh, think, do you think uh, the kit man has to get involved? Because, like the Premier League clubs now, the kit man—I've seen these behind-the-scenes documentaries. The kit man's got like boots for everyone, like, and you see it, and it's like, you know, this is Vincent Company's boots. These are his training boots. These are his off-season boots. These are his wet-weather boots. Is the kit man preparing Maurizio Sarri cigarettes? Is he like, <laughs> these are his morning fags. <laughs> these are his afternoon fags. <laughs> these are if if the team are playing well, fags. Because like, I think like the other one who had um, a chewing habit was, of course, Fergie, who incessantly chewed gum, right? Yes. Fergie like, chewed and chewed and chewed and chewed. But Fergie seemed to take the gum out of his own pocket. I think he prepared his own gum. But I can't mm. see Sarri buying his own cigarettes. I mean, surely at least sends a, a ball boy to go get them or something, No. Well, I mean, with his with his lack of English, maybe nobody understands him, and he has to go down the shop himself, you know. So uh, I could just could you just imagine him walking down, uh, uh, you know, Kings Kings Road or something, you know, into the into the local offie or something, and and excuse me, and I just need a, another pack. What's Maurice? Sorry, you know, take these one free, <laughs> mate. You go for it. You, you need him, obviously, and uh, maybe for a job like Chelsea, uh, uh, he does need them, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it gives him a little bit more uh, more comfort. In the uh, in the comfort zone that he needs to get into, um, yep, a, a a barreling smoking man. I haven't seen him smoke on the touchline during the match, though. Is that because it's actually it's forbidden, isn't it? You're not. No, not, yeah, yeah, and that's why he's apparently chewing the cigarette butts. Oh like, my god! That's why he's doing that, <laughs> which is, I mean, yeah. So does he? Kind of bizarre. Does he smoke them and then like put them out? In an That's another and thing. Is the kit man pre-smoking them for him? <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the kit man has some kind of machine that pre-smokes <laughs> the cigarettes and gets them ready for Maurizio to chew on. 
<laughs> I wonder if he's, does he even say thank you for it as well? No, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the, uh, you know, part, part of what he get, part of the service, you know, that he gets, uh, he gets his cigarettes butts uh, all ready and everything and then starts chewing away at him. It's, uh, yeah, it must make for a, a very strange atmosphere. Uh, uh, and uh, does, he, does he nip off for a halftime fag as well, you know? Does he uh, uh, just sort of go to the toilet very quickly and, uh, you know, puff one out? I don't know. It's... Uh... <laughs> Well, we all know that, you know, Jose had problems at Chelsea with, with Eva Canero, the doctor, having to leave. I should imagine the Chelsea kit man's quit already. He's just gone, <laughs> I am free smoking his cigarettes and I ain't going down the shops for him and I'm not putting them in his mouth and I'm not putting a sock over the smoke detector while he's having a fag at halftime. I'm off. And he's, I don't know, he's gone wherever <laughs> kit men go. Like, you'd, need a, you'd need a special man, wouldn't you? You'd need a special man to take on that job. Yeah, he's brought um, in his own. No doubt about it. There's only probably yeah. like two or three people in the world who do that job. And so he's just brought in his own. <laughs> That's very true. Whoever was there beforehand, it was a pre Will you smoke? Sorry, will you pre-smoke my cigarettes so that I can chew them on the side? Uh, no, no, I won't. You're out. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Luigi, come on, come on. Yeah, put you on a flight. Put you on a flight today. You come. You can play for me. Yeah, aeroplane, Luigi, uh, aeroplane. Yeah, Maxima <laughs> di Kita. What's um, Italian uh, for cigarette butt? Cigaretta butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's cigarettini. Butella. Cigarettini. <laughs> Cigarettona, if it's a big one. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luigi, cigarettona. Eh, grande. Gra- grazie, signore. Grazie. grazie. Eh, prego. <laughs> So get on with the game. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Uh, so we've, got, we've got cigarette smoking butt man uh, over there in one corner. And we've got the unproven. Well, they're both unproven, really, aren't they? Both unproven, taking on uh, uh, two of the biggest sides in, uh, in England. And, uh, but it's, it's, is, this, is this a fight for fifth? Is that what this is? This is... Mm, no, not at this stage, mate. I think both of them are definitely have aspirations of getting in the top four. And I think both of them will probably be allowed to get in the top four, but less than that, and their job's under, under risk, I would have said. I mean, mm. Arsenal, that's a step, right? To get, they've been out of it for two years, so to get back in it would be good. Chelsea, I think Abramovich has always wanted to change the way they play. They've won plenty of trophies, and I, and I, I mean, not that we know where Roman Abramovich is, so we can't really speak for him. But. <laughs> Again, yes, we don't. <laughs> But I think, yeah, I don't think it is a battle for fifth. Like, it's still the beginning of the year. Um, it would be very interesting because it was two teams that are, are learning their managers. They're both managers with a philosophy, right? Sari plays 4-3-3. He only plays 4-3-3. It's really physical. Uh, it's high impact. Uh, Emery is this coach that studies the opposition meticulously but also has a very particular way of playing, perhaps not quite as press, not the press is not quite as high as, as Sarri's presses, which is apparently, uh, and from what I've seen of Napoli, it is very high. So, mm. you know, the teams are still figuring it out. Arsenal have played 20 years under the same man. Conte was a defensive coach at Chelsea, not a, a, a front foot coach, a very good coach, a very effective coach, uh, a, a wonderful sideline entertainer. Um, uh, Antonio Conte. I don't think I've ever seen a man remonstrate <laughs> so beautifully. But, um, but yeah, the, the teams, I think, are having to, to figure this out. So I really don't know what to say will happen here. And it's almost kind of doesn't matter. I think it would be bad for Arsenal if they were to lose their first two games, but kind of forgivable. I mean, 
Arsenal TV, which is, you know, the most entertaining YouTube channel in the world when Arsenal lose, was still wonderfully entertaining last week. I mean, they, the managers first game in and they lost to Manchester City, perhaps the greatest team in the, of the Premier League era, and they lost to them. And still they went off on one as if they deserved to be. Oh, it was just hilarious. I do encourage anyone to watch Arsenal TV, but only after an Arsenal loss. After an Arsenal win, it's horrible. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, not uh, uh, not great. It's, yeah, just speaking of Conte, of course, I, I'm, I'm going to miss him, uh, mm. actually. I, you know, it's, he is one of those ones. I, I do wonder, because, I mean, this, this is whether this is this kind of thing is happening to Claude Puel uh, at the moment as well, that uh, I think in Southampton, and I, I must admit, not many people have sort of said this, but like, I always thought him, you know, very boring, right? Very boring. And uh, when it, it wasn't only the, the, the style of play that seemed to be a little bit boring, although it was solid and it was tactically astute and, and he did a very good job and everybody said that Southampton was stupid to let him go, fair enough. And it was sort of fan power kind of taking over at the end. Um, he was just extremely boring in the press conferences. And I, I think nowadays football is a little bit more than just the football that's on the pitch, you know, it's everything that surrounds it, everything that goes on around it. It's a, it's a, it's a spectacle. It's a show. It's, we want to be able to see the people that, that represent uh, our team. We want to be able to understand what they're saying. And, and Claude Puel, I always thought was just this kind of very repetitive and boring kind of person to listen to. So, um, and, and Conte, although he wasn't uh, uh, that, boring he was still his english really wasn't that good right and so it was very difficult to to be in love with him and uh, i often wonder whether this kind of sort of grains into fans and then fans bring that onto the into the terraces and then that kind of uh, uh gets into the director's minds you know why are the, our fans not liking them but uh i don't know it's it, it will be it'll be sad you know it's, it's sad that he's gone um probably not Sad that Wenger's gone, though, right? It was about bloody time. So, yeah, uh, I think yeah. even Wenger eventually said, Oh, we could have done that earlier. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Look at all this free time I have. <laughs> oh, I'm going, I'm going to watch football games, you know. So, <laughs> very true. All right, let's just do a quick prediction for this one. What do we reckon? Chelsea versus Arsenal. I'm going to go an entertaining two all draw. Yeah, two all draw. Okay, beautiful. I'm going to go for uh, um, uh, yeah for for Chelsea uh, uh, winning this one three one. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be another another very embarrassing uh, not embarrassing or embarrassing for Arsenal if they do their uh, Arsenal TV thing. But yeah, I think it's going to be a three one uh, win for Chelsea. Another win, six points for them, and uh, and Arsenal staring down the barrel with no points. That's what it'll oh, be. Lovely. Um, uh, other games on Saturday, uh, there's, there's a number of uh, different ones. Uh, why don't we just start with Tottenham versus Fulham? What, how, how are you feeling for this one? <sighs> I mean, I'm not, too, I'm not desperately worried about the game because Fulham are a team that will actually probably allow Tottenham to play. And um, I agree with a lot of pundits who are saying that Tottenham will be worn out, not now, but in December. Um, mm. I've seen the comments from Eric Dyer this this week saying that he really wants to shut people up when it comes to um, all of the problems with the transfer window. And I'm, I'd gotten over the transfer window and, and what had gotten me over it was that Pochettino seemed quite happy with it and everything that seemed to be coming out of the club was that Pochettino wanted the players he wanted and they weren't gettable and he was okay with it. 
what mm. I'm what I'm not okay with is this whole debacle with the stadium. This is, I mean, honestly, it's embarrassing. Right. Do you want to cover that now? Because that was one of the things that we were going to be talking about. Now that we're talking about Tottenham versus uh, versus Fulham, um, for for me, for a sort of person who's on the outside, it's like I don't really care that much, to be honest. But you certainly seem to have been uh, uh, affected by by this quite uh, uh, quite a bit. Why is that? Well, well, one, we've been waiting for this stadium for an incredibly long time. Um, you know, we we flirted with uh, going into West Ham Stadium. We made a bid on that, but we we made what now seems a very smart decision that we weren't going to move in if we weren't allowed to move the athletics track. I mean, and, and uh, West Ham's move into that stadium last year was an absolute debacle. It was ridiculous. Mm. So we seem to have made a good decision, but we have been looking for this new stadium since Enoch and Daniel Levy came in, what, more than a decade ago. Mm. So they've, the fans have been waiting for it. We've been building it. We spent a year away from White Hart Lane playing at Wembley, which isn't our stadium. The, the fans have to commute further. Um, you know, we suffered a little bit. If you look at the records from last season and the season before, the team did struggle to adjust to play to it. They eventually got there, but it's all right. It's all right. We'll get the new stadium. And then for us to announce the opening day, to announce the test games and to put season ticket prices up in some cases by as much as 40% on the justification that you've got one of the best stadiums in Europe and then to not open it when you say you're going to open it and to Mm. not tell the fans until what, two weeks before? Like three weeks before? Yeah, two, three weeks. I'm sorry, because now I'm reading that Tottenham, Tottenham's kind of official line is end of October, but everyone's saying that's very fanciful. And, and they're now looking at Boxing Day as being the, the day that... Like, if you've paid an extra 40% for your season ticket because you're getting a new stadium, that's, I think, bad enough. But then to not give you that until halfway through the year, it's just shitty and embarrassing. And, <laughs> um, and it's the kind of thing that West Ham would do. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's um, certainly not nice for the fans in 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 that aspect. Like you said, it's uh, it almost seems like like they don't care, you know. Like uh, you know, it's you know, what's an extra week here or not an extra two weeks there or or, or whatever. I mean, because of course the initial talk was for, for it to be this season and then there was talk about them shifting uh, uh, matches uh, there was even uh, I think uh, a, a se- semi sort of half-hearted request uh, to move one of the one of the Tottenham games so that it became an away feature I don't know I'm not sure if it was Man United or someone else I can't, I can't remember but but that was declined um, so it's uh, yeah it's all a bit of a shit storm isn't it really it's just uh, it's a, a big shit sta- shit sandwich and yeah. uh, and Le- Levy is dishing it out for all the fans to eat, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's really much uh, much they can do about it. All right, well, let's hope that that uh, that gets sorted and uh, and and uh, you know, and they, they do move into their new stadium. It's always nice uh, uh, to see new stadiums pop up, and uh, and especially nowadays with all you know the state of the art. Uh, uh, um, uh, sort of technology and everything that goes into it, and I've seen some of the some of the pictures and everything. It does look pretty cool. Um, uh, so let's uh, let's hope that it uh, that it doesn't uh, fall too short of of, uh, of it opening up. Uh, with the game itself, um, uh, Jankovic has has come out and uh, and said that he he does hope uh, Harry Kane continues his struggles in front of goal in August. Um, do you think you've got enough 
uh, let's just say because I mean, he's he's obviously right, and I think it is true. It's going to happen. Harry Kane's not going to score in August. He never does. So uh, you know, it's just like the lottery as usual. So bank him out. Sick and right. tired of this bloody Harry Kane does not score in August. Bollocks! I would almost take a loss just with Harry Kane scoring a goal, so everyone can go. No, actually, that's not true. I'd I'd, I'd happily take a win if Harry Kane never scores again in August. But well, um, yeah, it's one of these horrible statistics that's going round, isn't it? But statistics, are statistics. I mean, usually the, there are not that many games in August. There's like two. <laughs> like yeah, usually two or like three. Yeah, it's yeah. longer, but usually there's what two or three games. Um, I don't know. I remember when uh, when Lineker played for us back in, in, in the early 90s, it took him nine games to score his first goal for Tottenham. He scored 31 goals that season, was top scorer. So, eh, doesn't matter. All right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you got enough to beat Fulham? Give us a score. I think we'll take it 2-1. 2-1, beautiful. Um, yeah, um, I think you've got enough as well. I'm going to say 2-0. Poor old Fulham. Another uh, a bucket of cold water. Because in Portuguese, we say baldagua fria, which means, uh, uh, you know, a bit of a shock to the system kind of thing. Uh, but I don't think it's the same, is it? Bucket of cold yeah, water. Yeah, pissing on their fire. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and it was a nice fire as well that they had. Poor guys. Um, uh, move on. Uh, let's move on to, to our very other own one. Everton versus Southampton. We won't spend too much time on it. It's obviously going to be a Southampton win at Goodison Park, isn't it? Uh, you should be so lucky. Um, <laughs> Everton looked pretty good last week. They're at home. Yeah. Uh, they've got they've got a silver in charge. I'm not sure which one, but I just know it is a silver. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> they look fairly impressive. Southampton didn't really no, look all that impressive. Not. It was hard. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. No, go on. Yeah. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would expect Everton to win 2-0. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, fair you enough. Get, if you get a point there, you should be delighted. Honestly. You know what? And, I, and that's what I'm going for as well. So I'm actually, I'm obviously extremely biased because if I wasn't, then I would also be going for an Everton win. But because I am a Southampton fan, I'm going for a one-all draw uh, and I'm going for Eliusi to score his first goal, uh, but uh, Richarlison to get his third of the season as well. So uh, it's him or, it's him or, oh, but it has, it has bloody Theo Walcott written all over this. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. God. Wait, I, have a, I have a question on, on Southampton. So uh, just this week in the Champions League qualifiers, uh, Ajax, um, won their game and qualified. And by all accounts, the uh, star player was a certain Dusan Tadic. Mm-hmm. And um, during Southampton's woeful, I repeat, woeful season last year, where you, you managed to stay up in the penultimate game by beating Swansea, yes, Swansea the little mini run of two, three games or whatever it was where you actually got results was inspired by Dusan Tadic. What the fuck is going on? Because you can't tell me he's gone to Ajax for money no, no, he hasn't. And you know what? I I haven't read too too much into it, but I'm not surprised. He's given f- three, three, four very good years of his life to uh, uh, um, to Southampton. I always felt like he were, he had a little slight chip on his shoulder, seeing all these other players go to bigger clubs, and um, I always felt like that's really what he was aspiring to. Um, what one of the issues that he had was was his speed. Um, he, he just he never was fast enough um, but he w- what he didn't have his speed he made up in, uh, for in, in, in trickery and uh, he was able to, to sort of slow the game down s- s- you know t- turn it around and then 
bring the bring the defender back uh, uh, on, take him on again, and then get a beautiful cross in. So, so uh, he, he was he was a very good player. Absolutely, there's no no doubting it. And he's going to be a big loss to us. And he just went for ten million, you know, in the end. So that tells me that there was some behind the scenes stuff going on. He, he must've said to the boards, you know, you know what? I'm really sorry. I've, I've had enough. Um, I want out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hand a transfer request in, but like, I've got a mate of mine in Ajax. He says that they're interested. I don't mind going back there because um, I think he was always looking for a, a move to a bigger team. Um, and um, he, he did he did have a bit of a rough time as well. A couple of seasons ago, uh, he was being left out uh, by uh, by. by Pellegrini at some points and uh, also by Ronald Koeman and he came out pu- publicly and said you know Roman Koeman's an idiot um, sorry Claude Puel sorry Claude, Claude Puel and uh, and he was leaving Claude Puel and he came up with all this, with this interesting statistic that every time he was substituted because he was substituted so many times before the end of the match around 70 minutes or something which of course tells me that they think that he just doesn't have the endurance to be able to go all the way um, every time he did we ended up either drawing or losing from a winning position so so, and we were one of the worst teams, I think, that season as well. It was just, it was a bit calamitous. He's gone. Uh, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just trying to move on, uh, uh, really, to be honest. It's, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I won't bring him up again. Thank you. If you don't mind, yeah. Oh, uh, no, we've, we've got, um, we've got, look, I'm, I'm, my hope is that Charlie Austin, you know, <laughs> Dirty man, uh, uh, you know I've, I've never been a huge fan of him, but with the arrival of Danny Ings, Charlie Austin can flourish a little bit now, and uh, and and if he can stay injury free, and if he can stop stamping on goalkeepers' heads, then that would be really really great, and we might actually uh, uh, be, you know, uh, I think tenth would be great for us this season, absolutely. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, moving on very quickly because we've got quite uh, quite a lot to cover today. Uh, we'll just go very quickly through Cardiff City versus Newcastle. Oi, oi, Warnock. Uh, come on, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Should we go for a, a what do you go for an emphatic? I'm going for a three nil win uh, uh, for Newcastle and uh, just just rubbing it right into Cardiff. Although I have a sneaky suspicion Cardiff will probably be quite difficult to to beat at home. So, uh, but anyway, that's what I'm going for. Three nil win. What about you? Nil uh, nil. Okay. Sorry, Newcastle, Newcastle are very good. Um, they don't score a lot of goals. Um, they miss a lot of chances. Cardiff City going to play long ball. Newcastle are good defensively. I'm a big fan of uh, Lascelles. I don't know if, yes. uh, if he's going to play, but um, I do. I really do like Lascelles, and Rafa knows how to coach a defensive team. Uh, Cardiff, yeah, it's just I don't. I don't see a goal. I'm not waking no. up that much. Sorry. No, fair enough. All good. Uh, Leicester versus Wolves. That's a nice little game, isn't it? Mm, that is I mean, nice. Leic- Leicester are a team that I like watching. Uh, you've got the Rat, who's also always entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Ndidi. Uh, no commentator in the world can resist saying, yes, Ndidi, when Ndidi <laughs> scores. None of them. They all try. None of them can resist it. Um, and then Wolves have obviously got um, Nevs, Schnoes. Yes, um, and all of all of them Portuguese fellas. Yeah, whole uh, bunch. Yeah, uh, Nuno, spirit of the saint. I I yep. expecting this to be a, an entertaining. I'm going to go an entertaining one-all draw. Hmm, very good. I like that. I like that. Um, I think Leicester are going to have a little too much for for Wolves, uh, even though I've said that Leicester are going to go down this season. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I'm going to go for a 2-0 win on that one. Um, so, uh, uh, without uh, the last one on Saturday is West Ham versus Bournemouth. What do we say? Bournemouth have started, start, started well. They started with a win. And West Ham, who were absolutely atrocious in their first game, um, <laughs> they have a centre midfield of um, Jack Wilshire and Mark Noble, which has all of the mobility of... Um, uh, a no-legged dog, really. Of a, of a dead shark. There you <laughs> <Yes>. go. <laughs> a dead shark out of water, <laughs> like, attempting to swim. Uh, attempting to re- re- get back to life again. Please, I'm dead, but I'd like to... Yeah, no, no one's going to give a, a dead shark mouth-to-mouth, isn't it? Oh, would, yes. would Jack Wilshire give a dead shark mouth-to-mouth? Yeah, maybe, maybe. No. No. All right. Okay. Also, um, also, I've been I've been listening to interviews with Jack Wilshire where he's now claiming to be a West Ham fan. Yes, this, I this heard that true? as well. Well, apparently he, uh, he he grew up a West Ham fan. Uh, there's uh, photos of him uh, uh, adorning a West Ham shirt. Uh, did he? go there when he was a kid and i think so i think he's sort of saying that but he kept that one quiet didn't he i mean yeah i thought well, he was man, always an arsenal he has, man yes yes he has, he has done the dirty on someone like <laughs> either by joining arsenal in the first place or by joining joining the spammers now he's done the dirty on someone he's upset one of you he's slow um uh, i don't know what's going to happen here but i desperately want bournemouth to win wait Jack Wilshire, something against Bournemouth, though, who we went on loan to last season. It was last season, two seasons ago. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, writings on the wall, if you ask me, for Jack Wilshire to do something. I'm sorry, but I'm actually going to go for a West Ham win. 1-0 I'm going to go for here. What's yours? I agree with, I agree with your Jack Wilshire point. Uh, he'll probably do something, probably from a free kick, something that doesn't require running. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that he'll also score, but uh, Bournemouth will get four on the count. What? Mate, I just want it to happen so much. Wanting it to happen and it happening though, it <laughs> never happens. But just imagine right. if this would have come true. Fair I don't enough. know. You gave, you gave me got, Southampton, so yeah, yeah. They've got Callum. They've got Callum Wilson up front, uh, yes. who looks quick. Um, King is quick. I know Bournemouth are a well-organized team, and Eddie Howe has a very intense stare. It's true. He's the longest-serving manager now in the Premier League as well, isn't really? he? So, uh, he is, yes, the longest-serving. Um, and, of course, who have they got on the bench? Jermaine Bank. Oh, Defoe. Defoe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> those, are, those are his actual middle names. If you look him up on Wikipedia, it is Jermaine Ball Bang Goal. Defoe. <laughs> All right. 4-1 win for, for Bournemouth. Maybe Defoe to get two in extra time coming on later on. Oh, because um, West Ham fans hate him, don't they? Because they left they, he left West Ham and he was a, that's true. a childhood West Ham fan, wasn't he, Defoe? And yes. he played for Tottenham uh, and he put in a transfer request and everything. So that would be super sweet. Uh, come, yeah. on, come on, Jermaine. <laughs> All right, let's quickly move on to Sunday. Burnley versus Watford. What are we going for here? I'm trying desperately to care about this game and failing. Nil-nil. <laughs> Nil-nil. Uh, All right. Okay. I think Burnley did really well against Southampton yesterday, uh, last week, even though they got a little bit weaker in the second half um, against a very weak Southampton team. So, But I think uh, – um, oh, and I hate Troy Deeney. I really do. 
Burnley uh, to win this one 2-0. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Man City, Huddersfield. Um, now, all the talk this week, of course, has been of uh, uh, De Bruyne's injury looking like a, a possible ACL. They haven't come out and said anything, but it's looking like it could be an ACL to the right knee, which is something that he had already experienced uh, uh, um, uh, last season as well. He was out for like eight games or something last season or the season before. And if it's anything like a repeat of what he got, um, they, they're saying it could be anything up to two to four months before he comes back. Uh, so no Kevin De Bruyne. Mind you, they had no Kevin De Bruyne against Arsenal last week and they still gave him a spanking. So um, can we look anywhere other than a complete walloping uh, over Huddersfield Town here for Manchester City. May I don't think it'll be as bad as some people are making out. Um, Huddersfield are a team with professional players. Uh, they'll be reasonably well drilled. And I think it'll only be six. Okay. Yeah, yeah six. <laughs> <laughs> six nil, I like, I like it. Look, I'm... <laughs> Mate, you know what? I'm going to go for 5-0, and I don't think I'm unrealistic, but I think your 6-0 is pushing it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I quite like Wagner at Huddersfield, and I respect yeah, them. But, yeah. but De Bruyne being out is perhaps not great for their Champions League chances, but mm. it's not going to affect their home to Huddersfield chances. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And do of you think, the- though, mate, with, sorry, with De yeah, Bruyne out, do you think we're going to see more, more Phil Foden? Because I, I think we might. Well, yes. I mean, certainly that position is is up in there. David Silva is still still out as well, um, and uh, yeah, they're certainly because they they've been talking about John Stones stepping up into that role. But uh, you know, from an attacking perspective, you can't have John Stones coming out, you know, and, and attacking. He's just sitting. Uh, no, it'll be lovely, and uh, it'll be great to see to see Foden come in. And I think uh, whatever whatever Guardiola is doing uh, over there, it's 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 been commonly uh, spoken about. He's Obviously nurturing and, and, and putting his arms, maybe just one arm around Foden, maybe two. If it's two, it's kind of creepy. Uh, but if it's one, then it's, it's kind of okay. Uh, but then if it's only one, what's his other arm doing? So, like, yeah, I'm just a little bit, little bit worried. Um, maybe but, it's around uh, himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so. What, like, I mean, one thing, well, one thing we have seen this week is the amazing finger contortionist Deli Ali and, his, <laughs> yes. and his, his, his weird finger celebration. So I don't know if, if he's able to do that with his fingers, maybe Pep can hug himself. Mate, I'm know. trying to do it now and I'm stabbing myself in the eye. I still can't do it. <laughs> I, can, I can do it, but not at speed. All right. Okay, that's kind of... No, because no, you know he, start, he starts with it like in front and then he twists it. I can't do the motion. I can forcibly put my fingers into Ow. that position. Still hurting. <laughs> but I can't, no... No. All right. Uh, anyone who hasn't watched it, obviously, get on there. You have to see what Deli Ali is doing with his fingers. fingers. <laughs> All right. And let's fin- finish up with uh, uh, um, uh, Hutton versus Mourinho. Uh, Brighton, Hove, Albion against Manchester United. Last, last game of the day on Sunday. Uh, this one, uh, it's, uh, well, I think with all Man United matches, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to, you almost feel tempted to, to, to call defeats uh, uh, the way the dressing room is going. And of course, this week, all the talk was about Paul Pogba coming out saying that there are things that he cannot say, quote unquote, uh, um, because otherwise he will be fined. Yes, um, but he said that immediately after he said, 
if you're not happy, you cannot play your best, which is also like, I don't, I don't know. Pogba has entered into a strange game, you know, cause like Jose has mind games. We already talked about how he had mind games with Wenger. Um, mm. And then he, last year he had mind games with Conte. And this year he's having mind games with Pogba. The problem <laughs> is the Pogba is his midfield captain and best player. So I'm not sure if it's going to work out for him. It is. It's a very strange one. It really is. And I think, I think, uh, you know, many people talk about man management skills, you know, not it, in my view, I've seen uh, a lot of stuff about, uh, uh, about Guardiola and about uh, Mourinho. I, I think both of them in terms of man management skills over the past 10 years have been the standout coaches uh, in the world. And, uh, and there, you know, there've been examples of, of hundreds of uh, hundreds, but, tens of whatever players amounts of players who come out and said positive and some negative things as well which makes you uh, realize that these managers you know you you if you're on you play by their rules then you're going to be in a great wonderful uh, almost comfortable place with cush- you know lovely cushions and pink fluffy toys uh but if not then you're going to be in um in a pond of hell made of poop and uh, it's just it's not going to be very nice for you. So uh, uh, in terms of man management, I mean, you, you, he, you, you would imagine Mourinho has, has got this totally under control. And uh, uh, I guess we'll see. But has how... he? I mean, but if Paul Pogba is coming out to French newspapers and it's, it, it amazes me how with non-English players, this always, always happens when they go home and get interviewed mm. by, by the outlet from their own. It's, it's almost as if they think that translators don't exist. <laughs> it's like, I'm freedom. Well, you know when English people go on holiday in, uh, in the Algarve or Spain or something, yeah. you know, they've got this mentality of like, yeah, nothing, nothing happens. It's like a world playground, you know, and just, mm. you, you can't go to jail. You can't go to jail. We love going out abroad, you know. You know, so um, anyway, yeah, it's, it, yeah, you're right. And you know what? It doesn't only happen in England as well. Portuguese players do this a lot when they go, like Brazilian players who play in Portugal and they go back to Brazil. <laughs> you know, like everything seems all nice and rosy. Everything's all fine. And then, bong, they get interviewed by one of their uh, newspapers uh, uh, back in Brazil. Brazil and uh, and and all hell breaks loose. It's just it's unbelievable. And of course, it happened with the Mesut Ozil with with that, sorry with Tony Cruz as well this week coming out yeah, talking that's about a strange, Ozil. isn't it? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that in our European section. But right, it's, it, it's almost as if Paul Pogba has has gone to L'Equipe and like he's gone. Hey, you you think the British in England? No, they don't in this. The keep, you're fucking joking. Say what you want. Really? What I want? Yeah, say it, whatever you like. But if I say it, they'll find me. Okay, just say that. That is enough. Just say that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Well, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Man United on this one. I think they'll just have a little bit too much, personally. What do you reckon? Last time that Manchester United went to Brighton, Brighton won. It was the, oh. win, the win that kept Brighton in the Premier League. <sighs> you are just waiting for United to, to have a bad defeat and implode. I think this probably won't be it. I, mm. I think they'll win a really, really ugly 1-0. Like, okay. disgustingly ugly with a, with a Sanchez mishit at the back post. <laughs> Trickling over the 
over the line. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. I'm going to go for a two-nil win for for Man United. I, I I agree with you. I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is the time that the the rails will come off. So, um, all right. And the fi- let's let's do quickly the very final match, which is on Monday night, uh, which is Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. What are we thinking here? Well. This is a stadium that Liverpool struggle in, traditionally. Uh, there was a very famous 3 all draw when uh, Luis Suarez cried, which I enjoyed on a personal level. To, a, <laughs> to a, a, a very large amount of enjoyment was had by me. Uh, but I kind of want Liverpool to win this because they are really the team that's going to challenge City. So if they don't win it, then I know it feels like the league's over in August if, if they don't <laughs> win. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, you're you're right, but I, I and uh, Roy Hodgson will 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 have them drilled, won't they, as well? So, uh, and if Zaha's on fire, then then something could, but I just don't see it, you know, not after last week. Admittedly, it was against a very weak West Ham side, four 0 bang, uh, and it could have been easily, you know, five or six. Uh, but I, I do think Liverpool are gonna are gonna go for it again. I'm actually going for a three 0 Liverpool win here. So uh, uh, it's I think I'm going kick, for. A- I'm going to go for a one-nil Liverpool win, and I think it'll be a late goal. But that might be just be the thing that makes them think that they, you know, have a team that, that can grind things out. Palace were were the team that finished City's long unbeaten, a uh, long winning run last year. Right? They didn't actually beat them, did they? But they managed to get a one-all draw with them. That's right. Um, around around New Year, I want to say. So they are a team that is drilled well, and if Saha's playing, is He's a license unto himself and he can do something funky. Yeah, do something funky, Zaha, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, Wilf. It's such a great name as well, isn't it? Wilf. 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 <laughs> do something funky. Come on, Wilf. Hello. Lovely. I'd love to have a mate called Wilf. Be great. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Uh, uh, that concludes part one of our podcast with the preview of, uh, of the Premier League. We've shifted on through very, very quickly, but that's because we've got so much more to cover. Uh, coming up in part two, Europe, it's the final countdown. It's the final countdown (laughs) is appropriate, inappropriate, whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. We don't really care. Uh, But uh, uh, this starts our uh, our season in in Europe. Uh, We are going to start very, very quickly. We're going to brush over very quickly the Italian league. Everyone's talking about Ronaldo making his Serie A debut. Uh, It's uh, it's a a very interesting one. I think the big question that's going around as well is, uh, uh, is, is Ronaldo going to bring the glory days uh, if ever Serie A had them, which they did. Uh, and we were talking oh, about that yes, back in the, uh, back in the 
the 80s. Mate, and, uh, Syria, yeah. early yeah. 90s. James Richardson, James Richardson Channel 4, yeah. eating crossfit on the piazza. Love it. <laughs> it was. It was beautiful. Beautiful memories there. And they've got, they've kind of gone, gone missing a little bit with the, uh, uh, the emergence of the, uh, the super sexy Sky Sported uh, Premier League. And of course, the, the highly technical uh, uh, Spanish uh, La Liga coming in. You know, they've kind of been pushed back a little bit over the years. Is this going to bring the Serie A back to its uh, uh, sort of heyday time? What do you think, Ronaldo, at uh, Juventus? Uh, not really. I think what that signing shows us is the kind of the movement and towards a kind of European Super League, which I think is inevitable. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I, I can't help but feel we'll end up with, like the US have 32 NFL teams scattered across their continent. We're going to end up with similar number of teams scattered across Europe who are like playing in a effectively a, a big Super League because that signing by Juventus is a signing to win the Champions League. I mean, of course, he wants to go there and win the Italian League, but it's not important for Juve, the, the, the Serie A. When you win the thing, what, seven times is it now in a row? Like, in a row, that's right. Yes. It doesn't matter. They'll have, I think they'd finish fifth if, they were, if, if you could guarantee them they would take the Champions League tro- trophy home. Uh, it's it's I, yeah, all important yeah. to them. I think so now, yeah, and it's and it's funny as well because uh, um, a lot of people are talking about the fact that with no Buffon there for the first time, uh, it was almost like Buffon was Buffon our our hoodoo for the Champions League because he was just never able to win it. Um, but uh, you know, it's really, with uh, Buffon on one side and Juve trying to get it on the other. That would be quite good. I'd quite like that. Mate, uh, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine if it's a PSG Juve final and uh, Buffon, Buffon saves a Ronaldo penalty, and then uh, and then Neymar goes up the other end and scores one, and I could just uh, see Buffon walking over to Ronaldo, like pointing at him and going, "That's been for a hat. That's been for a hat." <laughs> <laughs> he just would, wouldn't he? It's unbelievable. It would. I mean, what? What? You, you couldn't write a script like that. We've just written it. We've but... just. We have written it. I mean, Gigi would cry. Gigi would cry. And I might cry for him as well. You know, I think it, it would. It would be one of those moments. You know, where I mean, he's forty-one now this year. Is he? I don't know. Forty, forty-one, so. and it just. Uh, it would just be unbelievable. Uh, it really would. Um, I'm. I'm very excited, and I think you know, obviously, when being Portuguese and everything, and but, but I think many, many people are as well. Obviously, it's the hugest talk in in Turin. Uh, but uh, to, to see exactly what Ronaldo does, you know, some people are saying he's going to score, you know, in excess of 40 goals in, and break Fat Higuain's record. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's 33 years old. They won't be playing him every game, I should imagine, uh, unless he fully insists on doing so. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm very excited for that. So we've got um, so we've got the first week uh, of the Serie A uh, um, and. Uh, um, and, and I think Inter uh, are going to be the, the strongest team to, uh, to, to probably challenge them. Uh, but AC Milan have also uh, made some great signings. And it's been, it's been a very interesting Serie A summer for the first time in a while. You know, uh, it's, it's really... Well, they've had, they've had a lot of time. They've had a lot of time because Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. So very true. Had, they haven't had any football to watch over the summer. They've had plenty of time. Mate, if you notice the... Um, uh, the Bundesliga also quite a lot's happened there because Germany are out. 
Germany went out early. <laughs> Germany's still out. Mate, scandal. Love it. Beautiful. <laughs> I got it. I got it in. I got you it were, in. You did. You did. Very good. Very good. Um, and uh, look, uh, I, I will just mention it very quickly. Uh, I know that we, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple of matches which have been uh, uh, postponed because of the um, uh, the horrible events that have happened in, in Genoa with the uh, the bridge breaking down. I'm not sure if you've seen that uh, at all, but the news of, uh, uh, of, of, of the, the highway bridge, a, a, a massive bridge uh, uh, spanning over uh, Genoa and uh, just, totally collapsing and, and killing all more than 40 people. So uh, there are a couple of matches which have been um, uh, postponed because of that. AC Milan uh, versus Genoa as being one of them. And I think Sampdoria versus uh, Fiorentina as well. So uh, uh, very sad news there on that. Um, so, uh, but uh, let's, uh, let's move uh, um, into, uh, well, I think the, 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 the Super Cup, uh, um, uh, it, which was played in Morocco, uh, I think is another, another big one that we're going for there. Hmm. What was hmm. it doing there? What was the Super Cup doing in Morocco? It's a very good question. I didn't even know it was happening in Morocco the, until it actually the happened. Super Cup, the Super yep. Cup, which is the winners of the European UEFA Champions League against the European <laughs> Europa League, played in... Morocco, which refresh my memory is in which continent? Well, it's not Europe, funny no. enough. No, I believe no, it's it Africa. <laughs> it is. Well, it's close. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's it's the closest part of Africa to Europe. True, very true, it's very true. <laughs> so they've picked one that's close by. They've almost. It's almost like, uh, well, if we're gonna go, let's not go too far, please. That or maybe that... maybe nowhere in Europe was available. Like, uh, oi. Oi, John, have you booked somewhere for the Super Cup? Mate, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I can't find nowhere. What do you mean you can't find nowhere? Yeah, all the stadiums in Europe, mate, are being used. For what? I don't know. Justin Bieber's got a world tour or something. Well, what have we got? Well, we've got Morocco. Well, that's almost it. All right, do it. Book it. Book yeah, it. Book it. Go for it, mate. <laughs> and that was it. And it was done. And they all must have then turned around and go, well, bloody hell, you know, you book Morocco? Oh, well, we, we better, we better, you know, better say that it's a, a new PR stunt now for us, you know. So uh, um, a new PR stunt and, uh, and we'll go into, into um, La Liga announcing, uh, we'll, we'll come into the game in just a second, but La Liga have also announced uh, that, um, uh, that they are going to be playing one match in the United States of America. Which one? Uh, Which yeah, one is well, it? Is it going to be Getafe versus Leganes? I, I think, think so. so. Malaga versus Alicante. You know, uh, it's going to <laughs> be... Sporting Gijón. <laughs> versus so Deportivo de la Coruña. Oh, which I guess, there might be some Depor fans out there. Sorry, Depor fans. Um, but, um, I can't yeah. wait for America to butcher Sporting Gijón. Sporting Gijón. <laughs> Gijón. Gijon, Gijon. <laughs> There'll be discussions on how to pronounce it, won't there? They will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, a, a very interesting one because, of course, England uh, had that. Uh, they had that discussion. Uh, uh, Scudamore was saying no way uh, to the 39th game uh, thing as well. So, um, but. Um, uh, uh, but we obviously, uh, England obviously never, never went for it as well. But this one going through now is, um, uh, is, is, is a very interesting one. And uh, 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 what, but what, what gets me as well is that the, the, the guy who's come out and said, I believe it's Javier Tebas uh, has come out and he's actually quoted, we cannot confirm the teams. 
We cannot confirm the match. We cannot confirm the date or the season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there will be a game in America. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Great. If you give us well, the money now, we promise you one game in America. Wink, wink. You see the Americans with their wad of cash just holding it, looking, staring Tebas in the eye, holding it out, but not letting go of the money. You know, just going, I'm not quite sure about this. Don't look like, mate, we no, will. We're going to get the classical. The classical is going to be in Texas. I can feel it. <laughs> yes, one game. I cannot tell you when. Where's that money? Where's that money? <laughs> we need the cash. Come on. We need the cash. <laughs> Spanish League is dying, man. <laughs> Oh dear. So they, they don't know what game, they don't know what season, they don't know what date, they don't know what match, they don't know what teams, they don't know, they, don't, they just know it's going to happen. And, uh, and it, it is, there's a game that's going to be going over. Uh, you know what, I, me, for me, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm good, good for the Americans. It'll be interesting because I almost feel sorry for the Americans uh, uh, because they just have to watch all of these preseason friendlies, which, you know, teams go over there with half a team and then they don't really put anything into it. And, you know, you know, those horrible friendlies before the season when whenever anyone scores a goal, they kind of, they don't really celebrate, right? They don't celebrate. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, they, uh, nah, it just, um, it, nah, nah. And so well, it, uh, in a way, it's, it's good for America, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's good for America. And right now, that's what America needs. Something good. <laughs> Mate, there's a, there's a match on Sunday. Abar versus Huesca. <laughs> yes. Give them that. <laughs> All right. Um, look, let's, let's just track back very quickly to, uh, to the, the, um, uh, the Super Cup. The first game Real Madrid, competitive game Real Madrid played without Ronaldo and Atletico Madrid. I don't know if you watched this, mate, this game, mate, but uh, it, was, uh, it was quite a match. Uh, it was quite, uh, um, quite intense. And, it was fun, uh, wasn't it? Um, like, yeah, both, yeah. It both was... teams played well. Um, is um, is uh, our good friend Diego Cholo Simeone, is he still suspended or is he just yeah. taken to having his own box? No, because <laughs> he did that in the um, in the Europa League final, right? No, he was suspended for that one as well. Yes, he was so definitely that... suspended. But yeah. like, there's being suspended, and then there's being suspended and insisting on an entire box to yourself. Like, <laughs> he wasn't in there with anyone. It was just Cholo and a phone. <laughs> like, and no one dared to go in. Well, and they had Simeone cam. Uh, as well, so they were like it was constantly a camera. He's right up there with Conte in terms. Oh, of... he really is. He he so. needs to be in the Premier League. I, I'd love to see him. I don't, I don't know what his English is like, uh, and whether he's prepared for it. But surely he needs to be the next uh, big coach to come into the Premier the League. Next you know? super manager. Then we'd have uh, then we'd have them all. Well, Zidane has yeah. thrown his hat in at Manchester United, apparently, hasn't he? I'm a little bit sort of, I mean, he's only just been appointed uh, 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 one of the directors at Juve. I can't, I can't see why he would suddenly turn back on it. He's literally just accepted that role. Um, I don't know. I mean, would it make sense for him to suddenly quit that and go straight to Man United? You know, let's not know. talk about sense. All right, let's, okay. just, let's just get Zidane, the, the, the back-to-back-to-back <laughs> Champions League winner. Let's get Simeon. Let's have everything in the Premier League, the whole <laughs> lot. Let's get Messi... I don't know yeah. where Ronaldo's gone. Let's get him in too. Let's have everything. I want it all. <laughs> I want it all. Come on. <laughs> Flash that cash. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, no, it was... It was this, this game really was... Uh, uh, it was fantastic. It was, you know, action both ends. It just felt like... Now, there's been a lot of talk now. Obviously, Atletico Madrid won. 
They won 4-2, and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about uh, Atletico now uh, being contenders for the uh, for the La Liga title. I don't think so. Um, I, I really think uh, Barcelona is still uh, at least ahead above uh, um, Atletico for sure, and ahead above uh, uh, Real Madrid as well. I'm, I'm worried for Real Madrid, though. I'll tell you that much. Um, uh, because the way that they played, I know a lot of people were still having hangovers. I know Modric was playing his fifth 120-minute match in a row, if you include the World Cup games. Uh, I know that there's, there's obviously that World Cup hangover for so many players. Um, but Lopetegui just seemed a little out of depth uh, uh, during this game. He seemed to be just a little bit out-tacticked. Um, I didn't think Atletico necessarily played the better football. And they never you'll do. Never, you never, exactly, you'll never get that with Simeone's teams, you know. Uh, but you'll get these these rough, oh, bloody Diego Costa. What it was a very oh, good goal yeah, after 40 seconds. Diego that Costa was, is satisfyingly <laughs> filthy. Oh, what a Mate, horrible human being. How much do you reckon Simeone loves him? Oh, I think, I think that the two of them believe that they are very much separated at birth. They are just, uh, I mean, Atletico Madrid are a scummy, scummy, scummy team. Really, they are. They're just... Griezmann said it himself, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Griezmann seemed to take some pride in it. But yes, they're a nasty team. I think they've got a very good chance of winning that league title because I think Madrid are a little bit in disarray. It's a transition season for them. Um, I can't see them having I mean this season it seems like they're not going to replace Ronaldo but I'll be very surprised if Neymar doesn't end up there next year so I think this year you know he'll let Lopetegui get his feet under the table because Lopetegui played some very nice football when he was manager of Spain um, Mm -hmm. which obviously wasn't for as, as long as he was supposed to be and I think Barcelona Iniesta's gone uh Messi is coming towards it. I think, I think Atletico bought Lamar, who's a player I'm a big fan of. Him and Griezmann and the other ones coming through. Saul, Koke, they know how to play. They know. I think they've got a very good chance of winning that league. I don't think they'll win the Champions League or anything like that. But the, the La Liga, the, those three teams, the two Madrid teams and Barcelona, will basically beat every other side with the possible exception of Valencia away, which will be a tricky game, but everything else they'll just win. And then it comes down to the head to head and Atletico will just play nasty bastard football. (laughs) They might win. Do yes, uh, well that's that's the first first match of the season on Monday for Atletico Madrid away to Valencia. So uh, Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Valencia have bought well as well. So uh, uh, we've got Barcelona on Saturday against Alaves. We've got uh, Real Madrid on Sunday against Getafe. And we've got... um, uh, (laughs) All right, son. Uh, And we've got, um, uh, yeah, Atletico Madrid against Valencia. So those top four four teams. You can't really see anybody else coming in uh, uh, too, too much, but uh, early days, obviously we'll, we'll need to see what, uh, uh, what happens there, but uh, a, a very fascinating La Liga uh, uh, to be, uh, to be coming up, especially if they elect uh, uh, to play Abar versus Huesca uh, in, in, in Texas uh, to see how many people might go over to, because Texas has got a massive stadium, doesn't it? Like it's just, you know, it, it's Texas huge. got a whole bunch of massive stadiums. Yeah, 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 so I think it's um, I think I can't remember. I thought it was the the preseason 
one of the breezes, whether it was Man United versus uh, Real Madrid or something that they played there, and it was like almost 100,000. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much every major U.S. city, well, every U.S. city that has um, uh, an American football team has a large stadium. And then there are some massive stadiums in, in other places. I think, I think I'm right in saying that the biggest stadium in the United States is actually for a college football team. It's actually in Ann Arbor, Michigan where they have a, a, I think it's like 130,000 massive, great big bowl. And they just play college football, like, like not professional, but college for the college sports phenomenon in America. Mate, it's, it's, it's a thing. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of a wonderful thing. Can you imagine going to school and your school team being on the TV and 130,000 people coming to watch you? Ridiculous. Nuts. No, I can't imagine it, to be honest, because we were all down the dell at that point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, just kick, kick, kick about, mate. Hey, kick about, mate, you know? Can you imagine a bunch of... Nah, nah. Um, no. <laughs> of state skinheads, you know, <laughs> coming up. I don't think so. It's not going to work. Um, well, I mean, it, it's, yeah, watch this space. We'll see what happens and see whether or not something uh, comes of it. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on uh, from, uh, from La Liga, just to very, very quickly cover the fact that Germany haven't started, neither have uh, France. Uh, um, so, um, oh, France have started, haven't they? But anyway, they don't yeah. count. And Germany uh, are doing a cup round. Uh, we've got a very interesting uh, match uh, in the uh, German uh, first round, or, I don't know if it's the first round of the cup, but it's the cup ra- ra- round that's uh, on there. And, uh, and the reason why it's very interesting is because I can't pronounce their names. Uh, so I'd very much like you to give that a shot. Uh, which, which ones am I going for? You're going for the SS, SSV Jedalo 2. Uh, is that a boat? <laughs> it, might, it might very well be. SSV Jedalo 2 uh, versus. Uh, if she Heidenheim! If she Heidenheim! With a German accent, please. If she Heidenheim! If she Heidenheim, 1846. Mate, it's a beer. It's a beer. It's a Bible versus a beer. It's not Jehovah versus. Um, uh, Oktoberfest, is it? I don't know. Yes, that's exactly what's yeah. happening. Good stuff. And uh, and we're going to wrap up our European um, uh, uh, our European uh, coverage today with uh, the uh, a record comeback. Uh, and it, we all love a, a good comeback, don't we? Really. So, uh, uh, and I'm not sure whether or not you saw the highlights of this match uh, at all, but Zenit. Uh, against Dynamo de Minsk uh, was a, um, uh, a a match that was uh, that was played uh, yesterday. And, um, sorry, was it day? yes yesterday or day before yesterday? It's the Champions uh, League qualifier, wasn't it? Sorry, was it Champions League qualifier. League? No, I think it was a Europa League qualifier. One um, of the two. It's one, one of the strange two. European qualifiers that British teams don't have to bother with. Any sorry, English teams don't have to bother with. Celtic <laughs> have to bother with it, and they're out, out like and they're Germany. Out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Mitz won the first leg in Belarus for nothing. That's and right. Then, and then Zenit pulled two back, right? Yep. At, at half time ish, two back. Then Zenit had a man sent off. Chances over. Then yep. somehow Anton Zuba, remember him from the World Cup, mate? Oh, oh yes. Back then, oh the big old boy. Big, big bear with the shoulders that aren't no, the shoulders that are his and the arms that aren't. Um, <laughs> Anton Zuba scores two goals, including, I think, one penalty to bring it back to 4-4 on aggregate, 4-0 on the night. Then Mintz 
get an away goal in extra time. It's over again. Surely. Uh, surely. Um, and they, it wasn't even like the first minute of extra time. It was like 10 minutes into extra time. So there's, only, right. 20, there's only 20 minutes to get what they need. Two goals are presumably shattered. And how many did Zenit get? Four. They got four. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like something out of, a, out of a school match or something, you know. It was my, uh, it was my, my local, you know, Taunton's versus Barton Peveril, you know. It was just... <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It's the kind of thing that, you know, you just wouldn't wouldn't imagine at all. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I think and Zuber uh, got four on the night eventually, didn't he? Three, three or four. I think he got. Uh, did he get four? Because because he, I think he got both. No, Max scored the penalty, so he uh, scored the other penalty, so he got three uh, right. in the end. Zuber got three. He probably got subbed because uh, uh, it was already 115 minutes or something into it, and then, and then yeah, the, um, uh, they came back with a, a penalty. Uh, after 120 minutes, and as if it wasn't enough, uh, three minutes into injury time on it st- during stoppage time, during extra time, sorry, it, they, they got another one. So, you know, it wasn't enough. It was almost like Andre Schurler had suddenly been called into uh, uh, into the match. You know, it's like, all right, you can stop scoring now. You've you've you've, you've come back. You know, it's okay. Schurler's the man for the job. We need to rub this in. Go get Andre Schurler. <laughs> So yeah, so wonderful comeback for Zenit, who now uh, uh, move on to the next round, um, and uh, and yeah, and uh, we, we might as well just uh, we'll wrap up, and that's it for our uh, European roundup uh, for this week. Uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll come back with Dave's coverage of the MLS. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, everybody, uh, to our, uh, uh, our weekly feature, our new, brand new spanking weekly. We might not do it weekly, actually. We might do it. Should we do it, like, bi-weekly? You know, just depending on, it, on whether anything actually happens or not. Mate, we should do uh, it semi-weekly. <laughs> semi-weekly. How does that work? Hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to say semi instead you of did, semi. I tell. All right, uh, uh, but uh, our very first uh, uh, feature of the MLS, Dave, you're going to uh, enlighten us, please. How does the MLS actually work? No one is really sure. Um, <laughs> so the MLS, of course, it being America, and it's a continent. It's not a country, it's a continent, more or less. I mean, Canada's a bit cold, Mexico's a bit south. Like, Strictly speaking, it's the width of a continent. Like, it's a continent-wide. Don't be picky. It's a continent. All right. All right. So it has to split into two conferences, right? They do this with all sports. There's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's 23 teams. So there's 12 in one and 11 in other. So you play everybody in your conference, home and away. And then... You also play everyone in the opposite conference, but only once, either home or away. What, you just pick, pick and choose or something? Or no, like, they, I mean, I think, if, I, think if, I think if Chicago played Portland away this year, they play them at home next year. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. 
Oh, so there's no no relegation per se. Everyone's just in a big mixer type thing. And this is why we keep hearing in stories two of mixes. new teams. In... Two, two mixes, right? Yeah. New teams being created left, right, and Johnny Center. Is that right? Right. So there's two mixers, and then everybody in their own mixer mixes. Right. And then right. occasionally you go over to the other mixer, have a little bit right. of a gander around there, but go back to your own mixer. Then yeah. when all the mixing is finished, there is what they call playoffs. So uh, essentially... And that's when they throw everyone into the mix, right? And No, that's when they cut some people out of the mix. Like the mix oh. is over for some people. Ah, and, then, okay. and then you basically go into playoffs, which is what you and I would call a knockout round. And okay. Like a Champions then, League knockout in January. Yeah, you can think. think of it like that. So basically what they have is an entirely, almost entirely pointless season followed by a knockout round, which they should probably <laughs> start with that, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a very American tradition. Did you know that baseball, for example, has 168 games in the season and then they have a playoff? Um, oh, can you imagine 168 games, mate? That's pretty, and, and the, the baseball season is not all year. Like it's most of the year, I'll give you, but it's not all year. Oh, um, good. I could not think, I'm sorry, I could not think of anything more boring i'm sorry i've been to a couple of baseball matches when i was over in korea no no i'm sorry you know uh, mate can you imagine a 168 game football season not even you and i would watch all them games no absolutely not crikey how do they do it um and how can you how can people have brain capacity for this thing or is that the key they don't they have no brain capacity and so therefore that's why they go to these matches because they've got no brains i I dare you to, to google major league baseball now and you'll see things like Played seventy no one seventy three lost seventy two stuff like that. No, like, no, I would, no, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I'm not even. Are there any? Are it, there's not even that many days in a year? For God's sake, screw it up. I think no, they're playing two games a day sometimes. Really, I genuinely do. <laughs> like they must be. They must be playing once in the morning and once again in the evening. It doesn't sound like they have enough time to breathe. You know, do they have any personal lives as well? They must not. Anyway, uh, they or, have or time to train. squads. Like a baseball team can be the population of a small city, as far as I can. <laughs> All right, okay, so MLS is a similar kind of thing to that, yes. is it? And it gets into the knockout stages. Uh, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're out type thing. And, uh, and, and of course, it's, it's, are we in the knockout stages now? What's happening? No, over no, no, we're kind oh, of, God, we're we're kind of in the race. We're kind of in the race for the playoffs. The, the, okay. no, the knockout happens um, November. And then uh-huh. the, the final, the MLS, the big showpiece, the Super Bowl, which is called oh. the MLS final. It's not as, why couldn't they call it the super something? Uh, anyway, uh, that happens uh, early December. So right. we're like a little bit more than halfway through the season, I think. Um, okay. Of course, the, the kind of star attraction, like every team more or less has one kind of overseas star. So obviously Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan is playing for LA. Shiny. Shiny is at our team, Chicago Fire. Yeah, uh, uh, we should probably tell people that uh, we've, yeah, we have decided to uh, uh, take on Chicago Fire as our our team, right? This is our uh, yeah, our we have, but I think it might be a little, team. a little bit of a bad idea because I was having a look and and we're not doing very well. 
Um, <laughs> that's all right. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's not what it's about, mate. Come on. We all just glory hunters all of a sudden. We've made this decision a couple of weeks ago. It was an executive decision, by the way, uh, that we made to to support the Chicago Fire. Shiny's there, so yeah, we're happy. Mate, so here's the bad news. We're bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, um, um, all right, okay. <laughs> 25, 1-6, drawn 5, lost 14. What the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is terrible. This is, maybe this is maybe we should have a repick. I'm Who's just, in charge of this bloody team? Someone needs to, you know, put a, put a, a Chicago fire up there at butts. All right, okay. <laughs> Someone Good. needs to light a fire under the Chicago fire. I really um, do. Yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, maybe we should pick another team. I don't know. All right, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Uh, suggestions. If anyone's got any suggestions of, of teams that we should be picking and supporting uh, uh, over in the MLS, uh, then uh, um, uh, answers on a postcard, please, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a look at them. Um, yeah. All right, okay. Well, so it's all a bit, all a bit weird and a bit uh, wonderful. Mate, we, we, uh, we, we do have something to talk about, of course, and I think everybody is talking about it as well. It's Rooney's Heroics uh, over there so oh, far man, now. Waza. <laughs> now he uh, he had a very um, a couple of games ago he he got his nose broken didn't he and, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he came on as a sub and he had an assist and uh, he's been doing right. a goal that Tim Howard really should have saved yeah oh through through the legs or something wasn't it as well yeah, so uh, against his old uh, his old teammate there um, but uh, but what he did in this last game against was it Colorado uh, uh, he, uh, Orlando. They, uh, sorry Orlando where Kaka retired. Oh well, there you go. Um, uh, he he basically uh, uh, decided enough was enough uh, after ninety-five minutes, <laughs> and uh, uh, attacking and uh, uh, attacking against Orlando for a corner. They 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 uh, floated the corner in. Orlando cleared the ball, and it was the ninety-fifth minute, and the uh, uh, the goalkeeper was in in the Orlando penalty box trying to score because they have to win in order to make the playoffs. Right. And Rooney, being Rooney and doing what he does uh, uh, so well. Does he do so well? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him he do any of like Used to, used to. Um, in the 95th minute, gallivants back and, and puts in a monster tackle uh, against the, uh, um, the Orlando striker who was, or midfielder who was running away with the ball. Gets the ball off him when really the, all the all the guy has to do is, is smash it towards goal. Uh, uh, gets a tackle off him, runs uh, a little bit up the field, and then pumps a ball into the back post, and uh, uh, and they uh, and they unduly score from it in the 95th minute. So it was uh, uh, really I rather. I believe they amazing. were two 0 down in the game as well, weren't they? And um, so it, it completed a comeback. And the, the the fellow who scored the goal, just to give you an idea of how good uh, Wayne Rooney's Diag was, was, mm. I believe he's five foot four, maybe five foot Smallest three. man on the pitch. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. And so he headed it in and that player, uh, Acosta, I think his name was, scored a hat trick. So obviously it was a, a lovely day for him. But the crowd go nuts. Uh, Acosta's in the crowd. Rooney is so knackered, he literally can't go and celebrate with him. Uh, I, think, I think it tells you a lot about the quality of your league when an aging Wayne Rooney is out sprinting a winger in order to make a tackle. <laughs> but uh, it was entertaining nonetheless and definitely worth a look on YouTube. It's almost one of those moments that you think, you know, 
I think you know the the American you know league must be very happy to to see you know generally I mean regardless of whether you're a, uh, you're a fan of 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 the team or or whatever it's uh, it's it's what you you want to see right uh, I'm assuming being yeah. in America I don't know you tell me it's it's uh, no I, but I, I love it. Um, when Zlatan uh, popped up and scored oh, yes. uh, two goals on his debut, including one just stupid goal, which again was born out of a complete reluctance to move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still a great goal. Uh, Very he, that week he was on all the talk shows. So he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, there was a full page spread in the LA Times saying, you're welcome. <laughs> That's, I've forgotten how beautiful that was. Like, oh, what great. I just did was amazing. Someone give me the LA Times. <laughs> Double page spread. There we go. You're welcome. Zlatan. <laughs> oh, I love Zlatan. I love him so much. Uh, um, yeah, it was uh, absolutely great. Yes, like like you said, if you get a chance, um, uh, definitely do see that. Uh, all right, look, we're we're really running uh, over over time on this one, and there's a, a couple of things that we wanted to discuss, but maybe we'll have to discuss them in uh, in the next one. So let's go for a quick break, and we'll come back just after this. Uh, welcome to part four, I believe it is, of our podcast, our very last part. We'll, uh, we'll be wrapping up pretty quick uh, uh, now with this one, uh, but uh, we're going to bring you something that we, uh, we've, we've been promising, we've been thinking and we've been mulling over for some time. Uh, after the uh, wonderful exploits uh, that Martin Keown came out with over the World Cup, uh, which was something along, uh, along the lines of uh, people who uh, uh, read books need to get a life. Uh, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> during the football was match it was England versus Sweden and he was talking about some people might think this is boring they might be reading a book they need to get a life <laughs> beautiful well done Martin you came out with quite a few uh, and you have done uh, over, over the past but that was that was almost like the the, 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 the cherry the icing wasn't it really that was a, an absolute gem well done uh, so in in uh, in in, in dedication of uh, such a wonderful comment we have decided not to let it go because uh, no. some people seem to have forgotten uh, that this is this actually happened uh, and uh, and we, we've decided to de- uh, uh, do a little thing that we're, we're going to call uh, books 11 versus no books or non books 11 uh, football players in the Premier League who uh, are most likely not to read books uh, or not to have read books uh, ever versus uh, football players who definitely do read books uh, and lots and of books. books yeah lots of books Confirmed um, book readers People yes. who struck out against Keown and read a book. <laughs> Beautiful, absolutely wonderful. We've got uh, so we've got uh, uh, a, a list uh, uh, devised of of, uh, of non-book readers, uh, which we will share with you this week, uh, and uh, um, book readers, which we will share with you next week. And we encourage you guys as well uh, to uh, uh, leave us uh, leave us a, a comment on Facebook or, uh, uh, or or after this podcast as well. Um, uh, you can also uh, uh, tweet us as well with your suggestions on who non book reading football players in the Premier League might be. Uh, so Dave, uh, how are we going to start this off? 
So we're going to, um, important to know that we're going to be playing in a 5-3-2 formation. Uh, that's because most non-book uh, players are indeed defenders. So we need five of them in our lineup. Okay. So flying um, wingers? Flying wingers? Is that what we're doing? They're, they're, they're flying wing backs. Rather wing than okay. Wing okay. So yep, we, yep. Have, um, we have Francis Fabian Bartes in goal. Oh, uh, beautiful. Insane. <laughs> Clearly never read a book. Uh, we have uh, a left wing back, a player who despises literature, books, and the written word of any form, uh, a Mr. Julian Dix of West Ham fame. Oh, lovely. Love it. Uh, famous for taking the world's hardest penalty. Uh, <laughs> our He's, uh, uh, oh, mate, uh, just a, a little word on Julian Dix. You know what? I kind of miss him. I kind of miss him. Uh, uh, you know, I think he was a real thug uh, of, of, of the old days. And he just, uh, I'm sure the Amers loved him. Uh, but of course, none, no West Ham fan has ever read a book either. So I think they uh, probably go hand in hand. Yes. Um, that, yeah, the match will be played home and away. And the home game for the non-books 11 will be a West Ham uh, <laughs> night out. Uh, centre-backs are, of course, John Terry. Uh, who, who hates books and any of the moral reasoning that happens within them. Uh, Neil Razor Ruddock, uh, who once apparently, um, Justin Edinburgh, who was a Tottenham left back um, during the, uh, when was he like in the nineties, I guess, uh, tells the story of uh, during one game against Liverpool at home, uh, the striker, whoever it may be, had gotten away from Ruddock and Edinburgh was around on the cover. Uh, and the exact instructions that he received from Ruddock as the player went past him was fucking end him. Um, so I believe that's what he did. I can't remember. So anyway, uh, of course, alongside uh, Neil Ruddock, we have uh, captain um, and inspiration, Martin Keown. At right wing back, we have... Uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, a thug of the highest order, never read a book. Uh, a central midfield of Paul Gaza Gascoigne, definitely not a big fan of books. Uh, Jermaine Pennant, who's a known idiot. Lee Catamol, who's virtually insane. And then up front, we have Carlos Tevez, um, who was burnt as a child at a young age, and apparently his ability to read was burnt with him. And <laughs> then Jason's favorite. Uh, Premier League striker is still in existence. Troy, I'm going to gouge up your eyes, Deanie. <laughs> Mate, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of this lineup. I think it's a, a powerful lineup, a beautiful lineup. Uh, and uh, just a little word on on uh, on West Ham uh, in there as well, because of course, uh, uh, Razor, Razor Ruddock had a couple of seasons at West Ham as well. It is. Uh, uh, you would imagine uh, Gascoigne, even though he didn't, to be the kind of player that possibly could have in his, in his I'm pretty sure Jermaine, Jermaine Pennant had a season at West Ham and Carlos Tevez definitely did. So. Got, a lot of, got a lot of West Ham contingents here on this one. And I think, and you can imagine players like Troy Deeney playing for West Ham as well. And uh, yeah, Lee Catamol as well. I'm, I'm, I'm in with all that. I think that's, I think that's yeah. beautiful. Solid. Mate, mate, and who have we got for a manager? Well, there's only one person who can manage a non-books 11. A manager who doesn't believe in tactics or philosophy or anything that you might find in a book. That is, of course... The one, the great, and indeed former West Ham manager. Have we read that? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> I think we've just, I think we're starting to pinpoint reason, the reason why we hate West Ham so much. It's there, isn't it? It really. <laughs> I don't know how this has happened. Wait. 
Be beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, do we have anyone on the bench to go David along with Bentley. it? Yeah, just David. <laughs> just David. Bentley. That's it. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> All right, beautiful. That is fantastic, David Bentley. It is. Um, mate, it's uh, it is an absolutely beautiful. Beautiful eleven, a non-books eleven. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> was it, did you ever see that? Uh, was it? Did you ever see that that Monty Python sketch of uh, of uh, the, the the Greek uh, uh, philosophers playing football uh, against? Uh, uh, I don't know, don't forget it against who it was, but uh, uh, it was a, a sketch of, of of them going, and they they always had a lot of difficulties because uh, they didn't really know how to play. And then suddenly uh, 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 the, the shout goes out, Eureka! And then they start sort of running off and, uh, and, and playing football. This, this is, almost, is almost a similar kind of sort of thing. Uh, yeah, but, the uh, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> well, well, this is the opposition. So, uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dave. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful lineup. I think we will uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, uh, and next week we will conclude it with our books 11. Any suggestions, anybody who wants to come in and, and, uh, and throw, uh, throw some names into it, we'll have a look and, uh, and, and we'll give it a shot. Uh, thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, once again, what do people have to do, Dave? Uh, they have they to have follow us on Facebook at uh, Born Offside Pod and like us on Twitter at Offside Born mm. and um, delete all of their other social media because it's bad for you. <laughs> Definitely do that. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Thank you very much. We will see you back again uh, uh, on Monday where we will re review everything that we have uh, previewed uh, ever so badly. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. Hello, son. Worried that you're not old enough for a bet? No worries. Pick up your dad's phone. Yeah, there he is. Over there. He's sleeping. He won't know about it. You know his password. Tap on that app, son. Make a bet. Make your dad happy. Maybe your mother too. If not, don't worry. I'll take your dad's money. It's safe with me. I know they've been having arguments, but it's not because of this. Everybody deserves a little flutter. Go on, son. Terms and conditions do apply. Betting by manners is illegal. In fact, it's very illegal. It's also immoral. But then again, so are lots of things, but you've done them all. Things include underage sex, underage smoking, underage drinking, underage driving, underage drink driving, underage drug taking, underage drug dealing, underage drug dealing while smoking, while taking drugs and having sex. And remember, the fun may never stop. And when it does, it'll fucking hurt. Three, four.